You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking today about auto insurance, auto insurance here in the state of Michigan, which, of course, uh, is one of the big issues uh, and has been for a really long time in terms of the amount that we pay uh, versus other states. In 2019, the legislature took a whack at reducing those rates, trying to reorder the way that we deal with auto insurance to make it a little cheaper, to make it a little easier for people to get that auto insurance. We want to hear from you this hour about your experiences since 2019. Uh, Have your rates gone down? Have you been able to get insurance when you didn't feel like you could afford it before? Um, Also, give us a call and tell us if you haven't seen any change in your auto insurance or if you have experienced an increase in uh, your overall cost. Uh, We would love to hear about those stories as well. We're also talking about this $400 refund on auto insurance payments that will come out of the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Fund. Is that a good idea? Is that a good way to get some relief to drivers? Or is it putting at risk the people who rely on that fund for long-term care when they're involved in really serious accidents. Uh, Again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or Twitter and put comments there, and we can try to include you in the show that way. I want to welcome another voice to this conversation as well. Lauren Gibbons is a reporter who covers Michigan politics and policy for MLive. She has been all over this insurance issue for quite some time. Lauren, welcome back to Detroit Today. Hi, thanks for having me this morning. Yeah. So um, remind people what this Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association Fund is and its role in the bigger issue uh, of auto insurance reform. Yeah, so essentially this this association, this fund is something that... uh, Drivers have histor- insured drivers have historically paid into uh, for personal injury protection. So if somebody gets in a catastrophic accident, um, this fund is available um, for them. And since the big change in 2019, drivers have been able to opt out of that unlimited coverage option. But this still remains as a uh, as an option for people if they choose to. Uh, pick that unlimited personal injury protection. This fund is still there, um, and and they would still pay into it uh, if, if they, you know, were to get in a major car accident. Um, that's what these resources are. And there was a, a surplus. Um, the governor asked for refunds to be issued speedily, and uh, recently the MCCA announced that. Uh, we'd be getting $400 per vehicle um, back sometime next year. And talk about the trade-off that is, I guess, represented by that refund. It's $400 for each registered and insured car, but it, it will deplete that fund by some, by some percentage. Is that a risk that, I guess, uh, makes sense to everybody involved, or is this something that that uh, a lot of people might push back against and say, "This isn't worth it"? 
Yeah, so this is a this has been a really interesting issue, particularly because um, some of the reforms that were passed in 2019 involved uh, involved medical care costs and how much providers could charge. And uh, there's been a lot of criticism of that piece of the policy. A lot of uh, the catastrophically injured are saying it's making it harder for them to find care. Uh, the providers are also concerned that they're not able to stay in business, some of them. And so, so that has been an ongoing conversation uh, underneath this announcement of the $400 per vehicle. I should also say uh, per vehicle or insured motorcycle. I've been getting a lot of questions about that. Um, so motorcycles count too. Um, so the MCCA says that this is not going to affect its bottom line, that people will still be able uh, to access this. Um, but, you know, it's, it's uh, kind of hard to say long term. There's still uh, so much that is new about this policy that we don't know um, the long-term impacts. So, um, you know, they're saying that this refund should be fine for drivers based on uh, the number of drivers who qualify for this. Um, but, but yeah, like I said, there's still a lot of unknowns. Yeah, yeah. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Let's go to... <laughs> Dan in Oxford. Dan, welcome to the show. Uh, yes. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, what, yes. Uh, the reason that we have no fault is that the insurance company wanted to get the state of Michigan out of the insurance business. And in the early 70s, uh, a number of people did not have insurance. They couldn't afford it. Same as today. Hmm. But... What happened was the state sold PLPD to everyone that wanted it for $35 a year. Right. And the state was making millions and millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And so the insurance company, noticing that their pocketbook was getting thinner and thinner, <laughs> decided that, hey, let's come up with a plan. And that's when NOFAR got started. But since the beginning of that, the insurance companies has, in my opinion, uh, taken over uh, the running of the uh, of the process. It's when you first started, you got four hundred dollars if somebody destroyed your car. If you had PLPD, if you were stopped at a red light and somebody ran into it, uh, the court said, "Hey, you got to give them something for their vehicle." Yeah. And that was $400. Now, that $400 was about $2,000, $2,500 in value in today's dollars. But uh, that didn't change for approximately 30 years. Yeah. So, so, so Dan, I really appreciate the, the call and the history there. And, uh, Lauren, this is something that we have been not just arguing about since the 1970s, but really trying to think through, I think. Uh, why we do things the way we do in Michigan, what effect it has on drivers, and who, I guess, is going to make make the money. Um, uh, did the 2019 reforms do enough to, I guess, restrain insurance company profits in, in a way that would benefit drivers? I think that's some of what um, what Dan is getting at there, is, is that insurance companies, of course, 
do very well off of our premiums and all the other things. Uh, was that one of the things that we fixed or tried to fix in 2019? You know, I think uh, I think overall, um, it, based on the data that we've seen, um, it's, it's somewhat limited, but based on the data that we've seen is that car uh, insurance costs have gone down in Michigan um, across the board, but they they remain high compared to the rest of the country. Uh, one other thing, as as we talk about insurance providers and the costs, um, it's starting to change a little bit. People are starting to use cars more again, but we also saw um, a dip in with the stay home order. Uh, there was a lot of changes in driver activity, and so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of uh, experts and critics out there who would say, hey, you know, drivers should be getting back more money because they weren't using their cars as much. Now the insurance companies would make a different argument, um, but it's kind of a it kind of remains to be seen. I think um, it's it's still a pretty new policy, so there's still not a whole ton of data out there. But you know, uh, the insurance companies have overall largely been supportive of the changes and have been supportive of, uh, you know, lawmakers' reluctance to go back and change despite calls from medical providers and catastrophically injured to, you know, make tweaks to some parts of this policy. Yeah. Uh, again, Dan, really appreciate the call uh, and the really thoughtful history exposition uh, of the way that we got into this uh, this condition. Let's go to Tom in Waterford. Tom, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Okay, then. Uh, I got in an accident in August of 20, and uh, I had just become a Medicare recipient two months before, so I was still on the unlimited, and I still am, by the way, but uh, due to this experience, I'm kind of hesitant to change. Hmm. But uh, this accident was in my mind, relatively minor, I kind of decided to go to the hospital. My head was all covered with blood, but uh, it just was from four tiny cuts in my head from the glass uh, of the window that went across my face and head. But anyways, uh, so I went to the hospital, and being that my Medicare is my provider, they processed the billings, which came out to be about, they would uh pay for about 385 but they mentioned that uh, uh, the insurance in is the auto insurance whatever you have in uh, listed for your auto insurance covers in Michigan mm -hmm. which is unlimited so uh, they didn't have to pay anything but uh, I, I asked the provider I mean my insurance auto insurance provider uh, how much because I was had quite a few communications due to the many billings and uh, all the services I received was a, a scan of my head and neck and uh, the four stitches. And I, I think I saw one doctor. He, he kind of just came in the room, really didn't look at me too close. But the billings came out to a total of $8,500. Hmm. And uh, this came, uh, this kind of speaks to what the previous person said that the auto insurance people are not health providers. So um, it kind of lends more weight to uh, health services to increase billings, which have been yeah. the way billings from have been going for quite a long time now. And it's just getting yeah. ridiculous to have to walk into a hospital 
you know, you have no idea how many thousands it's going to cost you just for having done that. Right. You know, without any services, you know, I mean, you kind of wonder. Sure. From Tom. Stories, even that from various episodes from your show, I've heard horror stories yeah. from other. Right. Tom, I, I, I really love that you called and shared this story because, again, the, the, the tension between uh, the idea of auto insurance covering medical costs or medical insurance covering medical costs as a result of auto injuries is one of the things that we're really struggling with. And, and there is that kind of murky gray area that I think some people fall into and they can't figure out how to get uh, reimbursed. Lauren Gibbons, uh, talk about whether legislators are even thinking about going back into this law and maybe tweaking it a bit to to be able to to clear up some of that gray so that people like Tom don't find themselves in these kind of situations. Yeah, and to just to speak to that a little bit, you know, it has been pretty confusing for people. I mean, we've we've been under this new policy, but I I still hear from people all the time who are still pretty confused about what their auto insurance covers, what their medical insurance covers. It's, it's a pretty confusing topic. Um, so in terms of legislative activity, um, it, legislative leadership, who were all pretty uh, heavily involved, uh, House Speaker Wentworth was one of the main people on the 2019 uh, auto insurance issue. They've been pretty hesitant to go back in and make changes. There's maybe been some minor technical tweaks here and there, but in terms of what you know, a lot of people are asking for, specifically some of these uh, uh, proposed changes to the medical uh, system and the medical costs for auto-related injuries, uh, that has not, not seen much movement. Although there have been lawmakers who've introduced bills to that effect, I've been pushing for that. But so far, haven't seen that much interest in changing this uh, at this point. Again, 313-577-1019 is the number here on the phones. Let's go to Gretchen in Gross Point. Gretchen, welcome to the show. Are you there, Gretchen? Oh, I think we lost Gretchen. Okay, let's uh, go to Dana in Detroit. Dana, welcome to the show. Hi. I just wanted to bring up an experience that I've had with um, there's an issue with documentation that's deemed acceptable by auto insurance. Uh, to reduce or drop your PIP coverage. Mm -hmm. So my employer provided a letter noting that my deductible is $6,000 or less and that I'm covered in the event of an auto accident, but the auto insurance company wouldn't accept the letter. Instead, mm -hmm. they required that I get a letter on my health insurer's letterhead, but my health insurer wouldn't provide a letter on their letterhead. They gave me a copy of a generic letter on my employer's letterhead. Huh. So I felt like I was really chasing my tail and I ended up switching insurers and got a lower rate, but they're still charging me for PIP for the very same reason. Wow, wow. Uh, Dana, again, really interesting kind of uh, uh, confusion, I guess, or, or uh, lack of clarity around the question of how all of this is supposed to work and and there are a lot of people i think who are are still in that uh in that in that situation um lauren we've only got about a, a minute left in the show but but i want to give you a chance to talk about what you think is next i mean this is not an issue that's going away people are going to get this 400 dollars they'll they'll like that i assume but 
the, these questions aren't resolved. And I, is it something that, that you think eventually uh, the, the legislature and the governor will have to revisit? Yeah, it's certainly not resolved at this point. Uh, you're still hearing pretty sustained criticism, although, you know, I think uh, this $400, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to... Uh, Hard to turn your nose at. It's a pretty big number uh, for people who've been paying uh, paying pretty high auto insurance rates. But yes, I do think that at some point, uh, either you know the legislature and the governor's office will have to look at it, um, or you know they'll have to take the criticism from people who maybe I haven't seen as much uh, lowered rates as they hoped when uh, this policy was initially signed into law. So. I think regardless, we're still going to be talking about auto insurance in 2022 and beyond. Okay. Lauren Gibbons of MLive. Really great to have you here for this conversation on Detroit Today. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for having me. Yeah. Okay. That is going to do it for us this week. Come back on Monday when Congressman Andy Levin is going to join the program to talk about the U.S. House passage of the Protecting Our Democracy Act which would rein in executive powers in the federal government. We'll also talk about what Congress should do to address America's gun violence epidemic. This is 1019 WDETFM, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday.